We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Indiana, home of Pacers basketball. Miller for three, and he got it. Legends have been born. Miller retreats to the three-point line and hits again. Memories have been made. Caliburn, a deep three for the lead. And baby! Great basketball has been played. Nembhard away. Hits the three and the Wazzaro In 49 states. It's just basketball. Flips it to the big fella, fake shoots, and But this, this is Indiana. And you're listening to Setting the Pace. Let's go! Your go-to Pacers podcast. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. We got paces hooping. Let's talk stats. Hot takes. All fast. New topics. Updates. Three pointers. Fast breaks. We keep scoring. We don't need to stop. New episodes. Weekly drops. This your number one podcast. Hooping every team. We gon' need a mop. Setting like pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Pacer Nation, what is going on? Welcome back to your go-to Pacers podcast, Setting the Pace. I'm your host, Alex Gold. I'm joined by Michael J. Placci. Pacers win 132-129, surviving the feisty Houston Rockets, who were not going to back down no matter what. But this was a game the Pacers ended up pulling out. And Tyrese Halliburton, Vachi, 29 minutes. Looks like those minutes are increasing, and Tyrese looked pretty darn good. 29 minutes, you, you could say that last minute was extremely necessary. Tyrese put the Rockets away when they needed a basket. Tyrese stepped up. Pacers had a 10-point lead that was disappearing very quickly. Tyrese hits a tough shot. You can make an argument, should have got fouled. I don't know, whatever. Either way, put the Pacers up five, put the Rockets away. That was the distance that Indiana needed to separate from Houston. And, uh, hey, just great to have Halliburton back. Playing in the fourth quarter when you need him. Absolutely, Fachi. But let's talk about one player that I thought had a great game and surprisingly made the most threes out of anybody in the game tonight. Pascal Siakam, four of six from three, 29 points, four rebounds, four assists, 11 of 16 from the field. Just an absolute great game from him. And I felt like his presence was felt. 
And it was really good to see him just kind of get his, you know, put his hat on and get to work. Cause that is exactly who Pascal Siakam is. It's not sexy. It's not flashy, but he is going to give it all that he has every single night. I mean, the, the last two games, I would say, you know, I mean, you can make an army. The last three was, was efficient against the Kings at least. I mean, he's really getting into a groove. I mean, this is looking, I said it last time, look like all NBA, you know, Siakam against Charlotte. Hey, he looked every bit the part against Houston. Just mm-hmm. very comfortable. 11 of 16, as efficient as it gets. But, Alex, oh, the impressive part, as you mentioned, four of six from three. We have not seen Siakam look anything close to that from three-point land since joining the Pacers. Awesome to see. It was great. And, and honestly, the Pacers have needed – some three-point shooting to go their way. It seems like they've been kind of hot and cold this year, especially after they got off to such a hot start earlier in the season. It's like when this team doesn't shoot very well, they lose a lot of games. And so winning this one, 132 to 129, not a great defensive game from either side, but uh, a lot of, a lot of easy baskets, especially in the first, you know, first half, it was just a layup line there for a little bit, but it was nice to see Pascal kind of just get things done for the Pacers and, other than that, I think the other starter that really had a good game was Miles Turner. He did foul out in 29 minutes, but 8 of 16 from the floor, 21 points, had his hands full guarding Shingoon. I, I think that that's a that's a type of player that I think Turner has struggled with at times in his career. Just very crafty with their footwork and not super athletic. And Miles always is on his toes trying to guard those type of players. And he's gotten better over the years at that. But I just like the way that he fought, really was aggressive at times getting into the paint. So really impressive game for Miles Turner as well tonight. Yeah, I was very happy with that. I mean, look, if you want to nitpick, yeah, I mean, just like about three rebounds. I mean, but other than that, the scoring load was was massive. That was awesome to see. And mm. Shangun, while he he had, he had 20 points, 10 boards, six assists, he was actually the player that killed Indiana last time, where mm. he dropped 30, 16, and five. So I felt that Indiana was able to make better adjustments on him this time around. You know, that, that was great to see. But when you talk about the first half, it it was tough. I mean, I, I know it sounds like a ridiculous problem to have. I couldn't even send out like a, a single tweet of an update because it was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Each basket, I mean, Houston started out, I think they were at least, they hit five of five to start the game. I know they were at least five of they five from three-point land early on. They ended up shooting, it's crazy because both teams were shooting about 65% at halftime. And Indiana trailed by seven. I mean, when does that happen? You shoot yeah. 65% and you're down seven. But it was just, it looked like it was going to be one of those games that it was like, oh, my God. I mean, Houston had 75 points at the half. Mm-hmm. You're like, this is going to be really bad. But Indiana responded in that second half, holding Houston to just 54 points. I felt that they really came out of halftime, made the adjustments that they needed they slowed Houston down for a Houston team that was shooting, you know, 65% and a half. They finished the game at 51 and a half percent, which is very respectable, but also a big difference from that first half. Well, the only problem that I was worried about was the the Rockets missed 47 shots in this game and the Pacers only had 25 rebounds. Yeah. So That's the Rockets ended scary. up getting 48 rebounds in this game and they had 20 offensive boards compared to the Pacers five. So crazy. that's problematic. You cannot give up that many second chance opportunities to a team, especially a team that has that type of link that can really abuse you in the paint. You know, I feel like this Rockets team, they were without Fred Van Vliet tonight and Tari Eason. So two of their probably top six, seven players oh, yeah. on their team 
And they were still just taking it to the Pacers, whether it was Amin Thompson, whether it was, you know, Jalen Green was hot in this game. Shingun was good once again. You know, they've just had contributions from a lot of people. I mean, Jabari Smith was really good in this game. Dylan Brooks, surprisingly, was hitting a lot of shots. And I uh, I liked what Amin Thompson did, honestly, in the minutes that he played. He was real physical, 34, 34 minutes played from him. So this was just a game that they were going to have to kind of grind it out against Houston, and I just did not love the rebounding efforts. But we saw that happen to the Pacers against the Knicks, and yes. the Pacers were not able to pull it out. So thank God Halliburton was able to kind of close this game because if he wasn't, this is a this is a game the Pacers probably end up losing. I, I fear that because the Pacers gave Houston every opportunity to come back and in the end, and it was just – I just don't know who would have hit that shot if it didn't come down for Tyrese. But when going back to the rebounding – situation you mentioned the Pacers had five offensive rebounds well Jabari Smith Jr. had five offensive <laughs> rebounds Amen Thompson had seven offensive rebounds and Shangun had five offensive rebounds yep. so I, I three players had as many as the Pacers whole team combined it's just this team needs to do a better job you know crashing the glass uh, I, I just feel that that's been a problem for quite some time I mean you mentioned it the, the 25 rebounds, I just I find it hard to believe that we could see less rebounds than that in any other game this season because it's it's just not enough. But I think that the Pacers, they, they, they got a collective effort. You talked about the collective effort from Houston. You know, Indiana also had, you know, Hal Burton gave you 18 points. Great to see. Aaron Neesmith, you know, chips in 10. Uh, then off the bench, they, they got without Benedict Matherin tonight. You always wonder yeah. who's going to step up. And I felt that TJ McConnell once again shows why you might not want to flip McConnell just to make a move at the deadline because TJ McConnell gives you 17 points on 8 of 11 shooting. Um, and then obviously, you know, Buddy is, is is someone that we can get into next. But I wanted to give McConnell his flowers. But uh, Buddy Heald, Alex, after all the struggles he had, he's actually the player that led the Pacers in plus minus yeah. with plus 11. I know that could be a very interesting stat. But he had 12 points and six assists. The six assists, that, that was nice to see. Yeah, before I go to Buddy, I do just want to say McConnell Mania was running wild tonight. No yeah. doubt about it. He was he was grooving in that third and that fourth quarter and just kind of taking over for the Pacers. But Aaron Neesmith was struggling, I would say, in this game. And Rick Carlisle decided to go Buddy Hill for Aaron Neesmith. And Buddy Hill was really good. I mean, he was one of the – Guys in that five-man lineup with the starting five, but having Buddy Hield in for Neesmith, that was the best, I believe, plus-minus tonight for five-man lineup. So just kind of shows you, like, when he's spacing and when he's shooting the ball well and when he's making the passes that he does, like he did tonight, he's a really good player to have on this team, and he fits really well with what they're trying to do offensively. I know Tyrese Halliburton was giving him a lot of praise in the post-game press conference tonight, talking about Buddy's gravity and how Buddy just – opens up so much more for everybody, even if he's not hitting and he's going through a slump. Teams are going to respect Buddy Hill because he is a prolific shooter, and I totally respect that. I think Buddy Hill is a very good shooter. Oh, yeah, I think the only reason why you're seeing a lot of talks magnify is because Buddy Hill has been going through a slump, and he's an expiring contract. I don't think it's personal. I think a lot of fans nah. like Buddy Hill for the most part. So it's just he can be kind of a liability at times when he's not hitting that three, but when he's shooting the ball as well as he is, five of seven from the field, that dunk that he had was such an energy booster that was. for the Pacers. You know, we don't really see Buddy throw it down, but, you know, this was a really good game for Buddy Hield in 24 minutes. I mean, honestly, one of his better games over the last couple of weeks. And I think that while he's 
kind of getting readjusted to coming off the bench now after being a starter for so long and Rick Carlisle really kind of trusting in him. It's it's a good recipe for success for the Indiana Pacers to have Buddy Heald come off the bench because now the Pacers are 18-6 and six in the 24 games he comes off the bench. So when you're winning 75% of the games that you are when he's playing in that role, maybe you just ride that out a little bit. I, I had to go back and look at it. The 12 points that Buddy had in this game – was the most that he's had in a win dating back to January 18th against mm. the Kings when he had 12. So it just shows that on the, the Pacers had been winning games with, really kind of without him where he'd had two points or three points or this. And some of the games that he did step up in, the Pacers you know, didn't win those games. So I just felt it was good to see Buddy contribute to a win. You mm. know, The 12 points, the six assists, the efficient shooting, great to see. Pacers, they're a better team when he's on. And I love that stat that you had about being 18 and five coming off six, the bench. 18 and six. 18 and six. All right. 18 and five was a little bit better, but we'll settle for 18 <laughs> and six. just want to be honest. No, we got to be honest over here. So great <laughs> fact check. But, you know, great to see because that's the type of role that if the Pacers are going to win basketball games, so he's got to be in. I just think that it, it's too much of a liability having him and Tyrese Halliburton starting together on the defensive end. It's just a little bit too much for, for this Pacers team. So great to see, you know, for uh, a bounce back performance from Buddy Heald. And then overall, I mean, this illness, I hope it's not something going around. Obviously TJ McConnell had it first. Now we saw that Benedict Matherin was out with an illness. I know the all-star break is coming up. Alex, I mean, look, we're no doctors. Do, do you, do you think this could be something that could spread to the rest of the team? I, I don't know. I'm not going to be a speculator here and just guess what sickness be, is going around. But you can't be getting sick right now. We're trying to win some games. I mean, McConnell's last time he was sick was what? When he was with Boston. Stayed overnight, traveled with the team, didn't play in New York. And Matherin played on Friday and Saturday, Friday and Sunday, and he was fine. So I don't think it was really McConnell that gave it to him. We just never know. It could have happened, but I, don't, I doubt it happened. I'm not going to speculate on that. But I will just say this, not having been Matherin, it does change the flow of the offense a little bit. And that first half was a little bit sluggish for that second unit. And the Rockets got on a really good run. But I just think that the way TJ McConnell really set the tone for this game, Fachi, was huge. And, you know, you can't say enough about him. And I, and I love what the Pacers did on that run there to start the second half. It was like an 85-75 Rockets lead with 9.33 left in the third quarter. And then I believe it was, I don't remember what minute it was, but it was like 14 minutes have been gone by and the Pacers had outscored them 43 to 19. So that just kind of shows you like how dominant Indiana was in those minutes. And I think that's when Buddy Hill kind of came into the lineup for Neesmith as well. So it was just a combination of that, but wanted to share this quote from Rick Carlisle on TJ McConnell because TJ McConnell, you know, really good. I don't think we should just breeze over what he did, but Rick Carlisle said, TJ McConnell is out of his mind as a competitor. He's just extreme. He has a knack for making plays, firing up his teammates, and firing up our crowd. When he had that run in the second half, our building took a seismic jump. And that's why when you mentioned a couple of episodes ago, talking about maybe trading TJ McConnell and a deal, I was like, I just can't see them doing that. And at the beginning of the year, we thought it could make some more sense. Obviously, Coach Carlisle had that conversation on opening night telling McConnell he won't be in the rotation. It felt like the writing was on the wall that McConnell's numbers were you know his days were numbered with the Pacers, but as the season's gone on, it just makes more sense to keep him in that backup role and put Nimhard as a starting two and utilize the roster that way because you still have your point guard depth. But McConnell's too good to keep out of the rotation, 
even if you don't feel like even if you don't feel like there's things that he does well all the time, he does too many things well to just kind of say, okay, you're gonna play a little bit here and there. No, I mean he just brings that energy that nobody else brings on this team. A little engine that could, you just can't count him out. It's every single time you think, oh man, you know, look, what are we gonna do with TJ McConnell? You know, this he proves his value once again, and it's so small and I I can't pinpoint it exactly, but there was a time in this game in the second quarter where Houston was going on a run, and McConnell ran from behind. He poked the ball out. I can't remember who he poked out of, but he stripped it. Neesmith dives on the floor. He gets the ball, and and he gives it, I think it was to Siakam. It ends up leading to a basket, and I just felt like that play kept Indiana. It halted a run, and then it pushed Indiana to go on a little bit of a run of their own. And McConnell's that guy that he's just, he like you mentioned, such a competitor. He'll, he'll run out of nowhere and he'll he'll be sneaky enough to, you know, poke a ball out, dive on the floor for it, take a charge, whatever it is. He makes winning plays. And it's just that it, it's it's infectious. And even if he's not entering a game, he's still impacting the game. And there's very few players that do that on this Pacers roster. So I just feel that every single time that we think that, you know what, all right, this is coming to an end. He once again just shows just what you said. He's too good to be kept out of the rotation, and we're very lucky to have him. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Vacation starts with VA. Whether you're feeling beachy, mountainy, or every E in between, you'll find all that you love all in one trip to Virginia. Start yours at virginia.org. We we are very lucky to have him, and we're also very lucky to have Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith, I want to kind of close here on this game, talking about what he did. Obviously having to come in for Miles there once he fouled out, had a huge, I believe it was an offensive rebound that he got. And it was just like, man, like Jalen just always feels like he's at the right spot at the right time. But the block that he had on Cam Whitmore was so impressive. Cam Whitmore was going for a dunk and Jalen Smith meets him at the rim and stuffs the ball into the corner of the basket or corner of the rim in the backboard. So as they called it on, I believe it was the starters for the longest time, the wedgie. And they would go through all the, the wedgies throughout the season and have their number count. He, he wedgie the ball into the, corner of the basket in the backboard and Chris and Aries going, ah, it's a wedgie. You know, it's so funny. Gotta love it. But Jalen Smith just had such a timely block there because if that dunk would have gone through for Cam Whitmore, that could have flipped the script a little bit for Houston, gave them the momentum that they needed. So I feel like little plays like that, they're they're big in the moment, but you kind of forget about them as the game goes on. But wanted to highlight that, even though Jalen Smith 
you know, had a good game in terms of shooting wise, four or six from the field, one or two from three, uh, only three rebounds. But uh, the two blocks to me were huge. And I just felt like that block specifically was the one that kind of helped the Pacers keep Houston from going on a run. And look at what the score ended up finishing up. It ended up being a three-point game. Every basket counts to be able to, you know, save a basket. Goes a long way in what was a very, very close game. So, uh, overall, I'm I'm excited about this Pacers team. I was bummed out in the first half because, like we talked about earlier, no Fred Van Vliet, no Tari Eason. This is a Rockets team that is a sub-500 team, a really bad team on the road. They're now 5-18. and 18. So you, you really wanted to handle business. And when you and I talked about what this schedule in February looks like, this was one of the – this and the game against Charlotte, one of the games that you kind of had to have. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like, okay, hey, you know what? Why I, I'm not going to say I jinxed it. I felt the Pacers were getting healthy on that last episode. Now we're missing Matherin. I still feel that they're in a good spot where I would love for them to be clicking at the right time, going into that all-star break – getting some rest and then really being able to build on it while they're you don't while you obviously want to be playing your best basketball come you know april and anything like that come playoff time you know this is a time right now where it's no longer you know early on in the season you know we are uh we are i mean how many games in there right now let's see about 62 games into the season we got 20 left so yeah Maybe yeah, 52. it is. The Pacers are 29 and 23. That's 52, I think. 52 games? Yeah, I not 62, 52. I ain't no mathematician, so I'll tell you that. So yeah. they are officially 52 games. Yeah. So you got 30 <laughs> You got thirty games left. It's, there we go. Uh, that feels it's, better. It's, it's a good amount. It's not a lot. It's not a little. But I think that you could start to see, okay, you know what? This Pacers team has taken steps defensively. Tonight's not going to show you that. Tonight they did not, but in the beginning of the year, letting up 129 felt like something they did on, on, on the reg. I feel like lately the Pacers, I mean, obviously that Kings game was was, uh, was pretty tough, but for the most part, they, they've they gotten better defensively. I still, I still think they have ways to go, mm. but with 30 games to go right now, I mean, what? how do you feel about this team? I think they're they're heading in the right direction, and that's the key. You know, getting healthier is a big thing. Obviously, Mather missed the game tonight, but you've got Halliburton coming back from that hamstring injury. He looked much more bouncy tonight against this Rockets team. Felt like he was getting more into a groove. Siakam was starting to settle in and like knowing who he is on this team, and then everybody else is just kind of filling in the gaps and doing what they do best. So I think it's just going to take a little bit more time to get solidified with everybody team chemistry-wise. But, you know, you take care of business on the road against the Hornets. You're scrappy against Houston. Close that one out. This game against Golden State on Thursday is going to be interesting because Golden State will be on the second night of a back-to-back, and they could be dealing with the trade deadline if some guys are moving. So that could be a a tough game just because you never know who's going to play. Maybe Trace Jackson Davis and Podzimski and Moses Moody and Kaminga just have a night. You just never know. But then they're on the road again against the Knicks, and as we're recording this on Tuesday night, Jalen Brunson – had a nasty injury against Memphis Grizzlies when they were just torching them. And I think Josh Hart also got hurt as well. So they could be without those two guys, already without Julius Randle, OG Ananobi, and Mitchell Robinson. So is that a depleted Knicks roster? And then you finish it out Monday back on the road against Charlotte, a team you just beat by 16 points. And then you close it out on February 14th before the All-Star break with Pascal Siakam's return to Toronto. 
I feel like the Pacers could really be on a six-game winning streak come the end of this little break here before the All-Star break. So I'm feeling pretty good, and if they get on a 6-0 run, Pachi, they could be in, in talks potentially for could they be a three seed? Could be the, could they be the four seed? It's not that far away. Woo. I mean, times are getting wild. A six-game winning streak going to the All-Star break would be fantastic. Uh, I think that that would be great. One stat that I saw, you know, uh, moments ago that it is interesting. When you mentioned about Pascal Siakam starting to find out, you know, who he is and and, and get comfortable in his role, Indiana's 4-0 when he scores 25 points. So when we were looking for who could be that second guy, we said that earlier in this season. That was like a, the infamous quote, who was the number two guy? Look, Obviously, Halliburton is a different type of, of 1A. He doesn't need to give you 25 to 30 points per game, you know, every single night. He's going to affect the game in plenty of different ways. But if the Pacers can get Siakam into that groove of averaging, you know, not averaging 25, but being able to score roughly 20 to 25 points per game, the Pacers are going to be in a, in a good spot. They, they really are. And I think that Siakam is him and Halliburton. You know, we're, we're happy to see them getting more playing time together, all that with Halliburton back. But do you think this was the right night to give Halliburton that boost from, you know, roughly 20 to 22 minutes all the way up to 29? We thought maybe they would up it to 25. Obviously, you needed Halliburton to get this win, but did it surprise you going from 20 to 29? Honestly, I was not really surprised, only knowing that it's been over a week now, right, or right at a week since he returned, and then the fact that uh, he would have played more minutes against Charlotte if the game would have been closer. I, I agree. So I agree with that. Hearing point. Rick Carlisle say that made me feel like, okay, maybe he's getting closer to 25, 26, mm -hmm. 29 to me. Like, he looked good out there. So as long as he looks good and everything's fine and he's not overdoing it, that's good. Rick Carlisle did say that he's not fully back, but he's really close. That makes you feel like, okay, get this monkey off his back here. Won't have to worry about that heading into the All-Star break, and then we can just go from there and get back into a flow. That'd be great with that four-game homestand they'll have once they get back from the All-Star break. So I think there's a really good opportunity here for the Pacers to kind of start playing their best basketball and get this thing rolling and get a larger sample size of what this group can be. So I'm glad that Tyrese is back, but um, I think that is going to kind of wrap up the game for us, Fachi, in terms of breaking it down. I do want to close things out, though, just talking about the newsworthy stuff. That was brought to our attention. Obviously, we know Benedict Matherin and Oscar Shibo are going to be in the Rising Stars game. Uh, Oscar Shibo will be coached by Detlef Shrimp. And Benedict cool. Matherin was drafted by Jalen Rose. I believe he was the ninth overall pick. I was a little bit surprised. Tamika Catchings took two Detroit Pistons ahead of him. I was a little bit disappointed in Tamika. But seeing how she was a general manager of the Indiana Fever, and it did not go well, maybe I would trust Jalen Rose and uh, what, he's, what he does as a GM, even though... He decided, I don't need a point guard. I'm going to go all big on, on my centers here with Derek Lively the second and Chet Holmgren and Walker Kessler. It's just like, oh, uh, what are we doing? <laughs> we'll see how it, how it plays out for him. But uh, yeah, point I love, me some, love me some Jalen Rose. I think Matherin always loves a good chip on the shoulder. So I think it's a good opportunity for him to uh, to prove something. But that wasn't uh, – it wasn't the only news. No. You know, the Pacers got some some great representation for this All-Star game. We found out tonight for the, uh, the Skills Challenge, the team is going to be Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict Matherin, and our very own Miles Turner getting some shine on All-Star weekend. I love that for Turner. But the question I have now is, were you, did you kind of wonder, you know, why not Siakam? Yes, I was like, Pascal's that, that, my most skilled guy besides I, Halliburton on this roster. What are we doing? Uh, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to take the shine from Matherin away when I first saw that, but that was my exact thought of 
What? How don't you get Pascal Siakam in there? A guy that, you know, had a, an argument to, you know, if they were going to make another replacement in the All-Star game, could it have been Pascal Siakam? Obviously, we heard earlier, you know, Scotty Barnes and Trey Young were named as replacements, but I think it would have been cool to get Pascal Siakam on that uh, that skills challenge team with the Pacers, knowing that Benedict Matherin is already in, you know, the, the, the rookie sophomore UG League game. Yeah, I think part of it too is just like Pascal, I think Bob Kravitz asked him tonight, you know, like, has he really been able to experience Indiana much? And he was like, no, it's been like nonstop since I got here. So I, I think he's just tired. And this possible. is a good opportunity for him to, you know, get some rest and relaxation. They did name the all-star reserve or the all-star replacements tonight, injury replacements. Uh, Scotty Barnes from Toronto and Trey Young from the Atlanta Hawks will replace Julius Randle and Joel Embiid. Thought there could be some consideration there for Pascal Siakam or Miles Turner. Neither of them get the nod. We'll see if there's another injury replacement, especially if Jalen Brunson is going to be out for a little bit. Maybe that's where Pascal Siakam maybe gets into this conversation, but we'll we'll see what happens there. I think that it's all interesting. Derek White potentially could be another name that could be a replacement, but I do think it's interesting they got rid of two two forwards and well, center and Embiid and a forward and Randall, two front court players. And then you you bring in a Scotty Barnes, who's a front court player, I would say, but uh, can play the point guard. And then Trey Young is a guard, so a lot of point guards on this team. But yeah, I, I'm glad for Matherin though; it's a good opportunity for him. We know he's a competitor. We know Tyrese Halliburton's already going to be there because he's competing in the three point contest as well. And it's a name of stars with Malik Beasley in the mix. So was really disappointed to see that. But hey, we've seen how Malik Beasley plays against the Pacers. So if he's playing against Indiana, my money would not be on Malik Beasley in the three point contest in Indianapolis. I like the fact that Halliburton admitted, and he said this about a week ago uh, before things were officially, he's like, I choked in, in the finals. And last year it was like he did really good until he got to the finals, and then he, he came out cold. So an opportunity for redemption. I think that that's going to be great. And then uh, there was a little bit of interesting news with the dunk contest. Yes. The dunk contest group uh, included a Toppin. However, it was not Obi Toppin. It was Jacob Toppin. Alex, I, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to go for like the, the trifecta or whatever, Thanos with Infinity Stones. <laughs> I wanted a pacer in every single category. And I felt like Obi Toppin actually would have been an awesome, you know, uh pick for the for the, the dunk contest. But instead we get Mac McClung, Jalen Brown, Jacob Toppin, and I, I I can't even remember um, who the, Jaime Hawkes Jr. from oh, Miami. That, that, that's who it was, and I I saw he had been in like a dunk contest in the past. Maybe I think it was in high school or something like that. But like it's just this was actually the first time that they had an all star in the dunk contest. I believe dating back to I want to say 2017. Yep, that's right. So it just shows that there is really not star power in the dunk contest anymore. Jalen Brown stepping up. Okay, cool. We'll see what you got. Uh, but I, I think that this would have been a really awesome opportunity for Obi Toppin. Yeah, I think I'm kind of pulling for Jalen Brown to win this thing. Just hopefully that it'll kind of encourage more of these young stars to do it. And I think as we get a newer group of young stars coming into the league, maybe they'll take this opportunity to realize, hey, I can put my name on the map. I can be a Sean Kemp. I can go out there and kind of be a Michael Jordan even did it in his younger days. So I would just love to see more guys take, you know, the opportunity to, to get into the dunk contest and steal the show. I, I honestly, I, I know Jacob Toppin's pretty athletic, so he might have some nice dunks, but it just takes away when you have a two-way player and a guy in the G league 
as two of your four players on your your dunk contest card. That's why having Jalen Brown there as the all-star makes things so much more impactful. And then you've also got Tommy Haikes Jr., who is a rookie with the Miami Heat, one of the top three rookies for rookie of the year in that in that case, so or in that race, excuse me. So I I'm I'm fine with someone like that doing it because I want to see younger guys do it. But like I don't know who's like the super athlete that could really do it. I know Shaden Sharp was supposed to do it last year, but he had to back out for an injury. Someone like that would make some sense, just a really good young athletic player. But as we as we keep moving forward, like it would have been cool to see someone like Wimby in the dunk contest. I know it was like seven foot six, but just like how big and how crazy he is, like that yeah. would be a lot of fun. So no offense to Jacob Toppin, but like it unless Obi Toppin decided he didn't want to do it, and it really makes happened. it makes no sense to me, knowing it's in Indianapolis, why you wouldn't have a representative from the Pacers to do it. So my gut feeling is Obi Toppin turned it down, and Obi Toppin is going to help his brother Jacob do a dunk. And maybe he even pulls out like a tag team dunk where they both dunk the basketball. That could be pretty neat. I mean, look, my inner wrestling fan is like, whoa, a brother tag team. You know how they go tag team? Stuff? Look, the Hardy knows? Boys. But, yeah, exactly. But it is a great point. That's kind of something that I thought is like Jacob Toppin. I mean, I, I looked at him. He's, he's played about three minutes and 35 seconds on the season. You know, Mac McClung is obviously made a name for himself last year in the dunk contest. But he was the so cat, good. He was he was amazing. He he truly was. He put on a show. I think he will put on a show this year. He's got to be the head. You know, it's got to be the favorite by a, a large margin. Um, but the casual NBA fan is going to say, "Who are these guys?" Right. You know, and I think that that's the problem with the dunk contest. So I would I would like to hear that Obi Toppin was like, "Nope, I'm giving this opportunity to Jacob. I'll be there," and, and that would be like, okay respect like that that is a a brother move right there uh we obviously saw one of the one of the few one of the three games that jacob toppin got in this year was against obi toppin and the indiana pacers so that was a special moment they got to share so maybe they'll get to share another special moment here but that that was if that's my only complaint then you know what i think indiana has some pretty good representation for all-star uh weekend and i'm happy that miles turner got to be involved in something like this because i know some people were trying to kind of pitch for could turner be an all-star replacement and i, I felt like it was like look turner's a good player there are there are yeah. a few names ahead of him you know we'll, we'll put it we'll put it that way there's a few names ahead of him and I feel like this is a good opportunity for him to still be involved while it's in our backyard. Yeah, I never really bought the Miles Turner All Star hype so far. I, I mean, he's been he's been good, but I don't think he's been great. And I feel like he should be great to be an All Star. Yeah. So you know, nothing against Miles. I just don't nope. think he's been great. Been really good. Had, mm -hmm. I, I think last year was better for him though. He, he was better last year. I think he took a bigger leap. Yeah. And then I think our expectations grew a little bit, and I think his production didn't grow with those expectations. But yeah. maintain that last year was not a fluke. Yeah, that's a fair way of putting it. So I don't really have any qualms with anything. I just would have loved to have seen Obi Toppin in the dunk contest. We've seen Obi Toppin do the in-between-the-legs dunk during a regular oh, season yeah. game. So I feel like he has more up his sleeve and. He's already participated in the dunk contest. And, and I think maybe he got his fix. Maybe he was like, yeah. I, I've done that. Like, you know, yeah. give it to my brother. Let him do that. But also, look, the dunk contest, it's hard to be creative. It's it tough to be creative. I feel like Mac McClung lives for this. 
some of these other there's not a lot of guys that really probably live for for this opportunity. This is Max Super Bowl, so I think that he'll uh, he'll be ready for it. It's going to be tough to beat. I agree, Fachi. I think it'll be fun to see what happens, but. I appreciate Jalen Brown, though, for stepping up and saying, you yeah. know what, I'm an all-star. I don't have to do this, but you know what? I want to go out there and have fun and do it. So kudos to Jalen Brown for stepping up. We need more stars to step up. So if anybody's listening to this show and you know what all-star out there that you have connections with, tell them. We want to see you in the dunk contest. You know, w- would it be bad for the NBA to like mandate that to be that you have to have one all-star? I don't want to get to a point where it's like, we're looking at a guy that can't even really be creative at all. And then it's like, you know, like I'm sorry, like I just had this image in my head of like, come on, like you're not going to see like a Trey young out there or like, you know, wants to see like a, I don't know, like a Julius Randall type player out there where it's like, what kind of creative dunks does he have? But I just, you want to bring back some of that star power. I feel like a guy like Anthony Edwards yes. is just freakishly athletic. Like that would be fun to see. He's young enough. Like, I don't know. You would think that he would think that's cool, but at the same point, uh, you know, you, you never know. I, I think that nobody wants to risk embarrassing themselves. And I think that's also kind of the reason why we don't really see players play defense too much is they kind of just want to be like, let me just, you know, showcase my talent. Let me just, you know, get some baskets in there. And, Mm-hmm. I don't know. We got to bring the dunk contest back to where it was at least a couple years ago. They have Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon, things like that. They're, they're those were good players that put on great shows. That that we will never top Zach Levine versus it's Aaron Gordon. Tough. It's going to yeah. be a long time before we do it. So I just hope that we get some guys that are going to step up and and put this challenge on their back. I mean, Donovan Mitchell did it before. Give him credit for. Him competing in it. I know Victor Oladipo did it before. Paul George yep. has done it. So we've seen guys do it, and it's been fun to kind of see what they could do. But, yeah, I definitely would love to see Anthony Edwards in that. Maybe make it one East All-Star, one West All-Star has to compete. That could be really fun. And then you get a G League guy, then you get a two-way guy. So you're kind of getting everybody involved. I mean, you don't have to do it that way, but it definitely can make some sense. So yeah. I'm, I'm cool with it. I feel like we've got, what is it, all Eastern Conference players in this one? Yeah, Boston. I think uh, New York. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. Miami. Yeah. And then I believe that uh, Mac McClung's with Orlando's G League. So, oh, okay. I knew he was with Philly last year. So it's uh, either way, if, yeah. whether it's Orlando or Philly, still East. But yeah. West Coast Weaklings. That's what I'm going to start calling them. It's going to be an East. It's going to be an East Coast showdown here in the Midwest of Indianapolis, Indiana. The East is going to do a clean sweep. Tyrese Halliburton's going to win the three-point contest. Ben Matherin's going to win the rookie uh, or the Rising Stars MVP. Halliburton's going to win the All-Star Game MVP. I'm just telling you, it's all going to be Indiana dominant here. That's my predictions on this Tuesday night as we're wrapping this up at 11 p.m. But, Fachi, go ahead and tell the people where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at PacersPodSTP. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at PacersPodSTP. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. You can find us on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Setting the Pace, where you can find all of our video content. Make sure you guys do that. Hit the subscribe button. And if you like this show, please give us a five-star rating and review. And let us know what you guys think of the show, because we want to get to 400 Rating and reviews on Apple Podcasts. We're at 3.30 right now. So we're 70 away. Still got a while to go before the year is over. But hey, let's get there sooner than later. So with that being said, Fachi, if you're excited, the Pacers are on a two-game winning streak. And undefeated, 
when Pascal Siakam scores 25 points or more. Then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers! This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.